0: Why are you ready? Did we make it? Are we back? We're back.
1: And a good evening, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to episode 12 of 300 Bucks Damage. I'm Gord Tepp on Long Island, and I'm joined, as always, by Ham City in Queens.
0: Hey now, Gord Tepp. Hey now. We had uh, Ted Kennedy died earlier this week, and, uh, you know, they keep talking about him on the news, and they say, you know, Edward Kennedy, and I said, wait a minute, since when the fuck did Ted become a nickname for Edward? Okay. I thought Ted, I thought Ted was exclusive to Theodore. Oh, come on. You were aware of this?
1: Because I wasn't. it's aware of it for him. And what about John F. Kennedy be calling... J- they called him Jack Kennedy. For the- I know.
0: That's that's another thing I don't understand. Same thing with Richard and Dick. I don't understand how these nicknames happen. Well, well hold sense. on, hold on.
1: Richard and Dick I could
0: understand. How
1: could you understand Richard and Dick? Because there was probably a guy named Richard who was a real dick.
0: He <laughs> was that much of a dick that he started uh, the nickname.
1: Well, we have a friend named Dan who we called Dick. Well, he, he
0: he is a, dick, a dictator.
1: <laughs> so, all right, you don't. Did you do some research to find out the uh, origin of all this?
0: No, I was hoping that a listener out there could possibly do the research and help us out. Email podcast at gordtep.com. dot com. Beautiful,
1: great idea. So that's it. That's your interesting fact for the week. That that. <laughs> Ed, it's Edward not necessarily an
0: interesting fact. It's just a, it's just a, an offbeat question.
1: All right. Well, very good. Moving back on point this week, our show is about the summer. Wait, Did hang you? on a second. Wait, wait, wait. what are yeah, you? Okay. what am I Before we can
0: get, before we can get into this week, yeah. I have one very quick unfinished thought from last week. Okay. If I may. Uh, wasn't it bullshit that at the end of Pee Wee's Playhouse, he had a scooter instead of his bike?
1: Yeah, what was that all about? That Tim Burton didn't let him uh, use the bike at the end? Was that what it was? That's my guess, that like they had to get permission from Tim Burton.
0: That's bullshit, man. Because I, I wanted to see the bike when I tuned into that show, and I was always disappointed.
1: It, it would have oh, been well. more appropriate, you're right, for him to take the bike and ride on out. But, well, that's the way it goes. Oh, I also have another thing uh, as a callback to one of our previous shows. Uh, sure, you mentioned Popeye's Pub. That, yes. Was that last week?
0: That was two weeks ago because we were talking about weeks. cartoons.
1: Okay. That was two weeks ago. Uh, I noticed driving home today that in on Merrick Road, I'm not sure what town it is, but there's a bar called the Scuttlebutt Pub and they have a big picture of Popeye on it. So Might
0: be the, might be the same owner. Scuttlebutt, though. It.
1: Hold on, wasn't Scuttlebutt something from Popeye?
0: I have no recollection. All right, could be. You could be right. Could be wrong. I don't know.
1: Much later on, the Scuttlebutt was the name of the bar on Thunder and Paradise. Also,
0: <laughs> I was not aware of that.
1: <laughs> you know Thunder and Paradise, though, don't you?
0: I'm very aware of Thunder. In paradise. <laughs> right. Very. Sadly, good. I didn't watch it, but I was aware of its existence.
1: Thunder in Paradise. Messing with him is like rolling the dice. Which is actually funny. Uh, the Thunder in Paradise, for those of you who don't know, was a show in the early to mid-90s where Hulk Hogan played an ex-Marine. And the theme song of the show would lead you to believe that his name was Thunder. But Thunder was the name of his boat. Yes.
0: His name was Hurricane. Not to be confused with Nightboat. What's Nightboat? That's a Simpsons reference.
1: What is that, like making fun of like a night rider kind of thing?
0: Yes. Except except it was a boat. Did they have kit? Yes. <laughs> they had his voice and everything.
1: Oh awesome.
0: David Hasselhoff as well? That I think that was like a fake David Hasselhoff. Okay. It wasn't really him. Okay.
1: Good. So are we ready to dive into the
0: summer? Yes, the summer. Now that the summer is officially ending, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we were, perfect timing here. Um, so, Well, summer's not over until September 20th, so we've got a little ways to go, officially.
0: Officially. Uh, unofficially, it ended uh, this past Sunday. No, no. Uh, unofficially, I would think Labor Day is the end of summer, right? Well, I guess it depends. If you live down south... South of the United States of America, you're probably already back in school. Same thing for if you're in college. Hmm.
1: That's true. Yeah. I saw that uh, New Paltz started up last week and I was jealous. Yes.
0: But for our purposes, for our sake, us Northerners, uh, school usually didn't start for us until the first week of September. So technically, we would still be on summer break. Okay. We'd be going and getting our good books deal. and shit.
1: Good deal. So, all right. So we're Getting
0: our trapper keepers.
1: We're talking – well, we're going to do – we'll deal with the trapper keepers in the future. But for now, we're talking about summer fun. And um, what better place to start than the last day of school, right? Which would be in June
0: for us anyway, right? You would normally have the last day of Correct. school in June? Yep, absolutely. It was one of the – it was the highlight of the year. Now, what – it was, uh, it was Christmas and then the last day of school, two best days of the year.
1: <laughs> what are some of your memories, um, just in general, and, and no specifics if you don't have any. I can't really think of any specific year, um, like a unique thing happening, but just in
0: general, what do you remember from the last day of school every year? Uh, when I was in elementary school, on the last day, everyone was allowed to bring in like a board game or something. Oh. And so you, you spent the whole day just playing board games with other kids in the class, just walking around, doing absolutely nothing. Mm. Uh, when I moved on to middle school, we got our report cards that day, the last day of school. Mm-hmm. So that was very tricky. But we were also told which teacher we would have the following year. I mean, our, our main teacher, I should say. Like, uh, I guess you could say our homeroom teacher. Well, in elementary and was school, you're
1: saying you were notified. As- no,
0: no, 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 no. This was in middle school, oh. and the way my middle school worked is whatever, whatever homeroom you had, you would always travel around with that group of kids. Right. So, for example, if you say I have, there's a Mrs. Smith and a Mrs. Jones were two possible teachers you could have gotten. You would run up to all your friends and say, I have Mrs. Smith, who do you have? And they'd say, oh, I have Mrs. Jones. And you'd go, oh, fuck! <laughs> We're not going to be in the same class next year. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: that, that, that kind of sucked. But then again, taking every single one of your workbooks and shit and throwing them in the trash on the way out was always a lot yes, of fun. Yes,
1: yes, I remember that. Um, I remember for some reason... The, the last day of school, you'd be able to bring in a book to read. Like, there was no work for you to do. And they'd let you just kind of, like, sit there quietly. And I, of course. and I, You already got your grades anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, the grades don't really matter if you want to think about it. <laughs> but <laughs> That too. But um, in those days, I can remember, like, third and fourth grade bringing in a rotisserie baseball book. Nice. Yeah, you can find that online probably they, I don't think they still produce it anymore but there was this book and it was called I think it was just called Rotisserie Baseball and it had all the players and their statistics and um, like estimated bidding values and, and how to run a rotisserie league and I used to love that stuff and I can remember like the last day of school being fun because I could bring that in and sit and read it um, <laughs> the board game thing I do remember in fact one year, uh, a kid brought in
0: the... Battleship. No, no. Along with 18 other kids. No,
1: no. This Okay, there are two that I'm going to talk about that were unique. Okay. First grade. I can't believe how sharp my fucking memory is. Uh, my friend Joel. Both times it was Joel, believe it or not. Brought in the game where they were pigs. It was like little squeeze, pig, like rubber pigs, where you'd squeeze them, and a right. puff of air would come out of their mouth, and they would right. blow a ball over the net. Do you know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. It's probably something we could find on YouTube. But it was like, it was like almost like a volleyball with little rubber pigs. It was weird. Um, that was first grade, and second grade, I'm pretty sure it was Joel again. He brought in a mini pinball game. Like oh nice. Those you know those like real like a pinball but it Right right right, I know exactly what you're like talking about. like the size about. of a laptop computer kind of thing. Right right yeah. right. So I remember that and I remember that I took great pride in being the high score getter for the day. Nice. Yeah. And we also played tic tac toe a lot.
0: Oh, of course. What about seven up?
1: Oh, seven up, yes. The here, okay, tic tac toe. I would keep track of statistics like win loss records and stuff. Seven up was oh, a Jesus. blast. Tell us, tell everybody if they don't know what seven
0: up is. Uh, and I, maybe that's a New York game. I don't know, but uh, tell it could be. It might be a regional thing. Seven up was basically everyone. You'd pick how many people? Seven, right? I guess. Yeah, seven. Up. Seven people. Seven people would be stand up in front of the class. Everyone else in the classroom would have to put their heads down on the desk, and you were not allowed to peek. Was bullshit because everyone did. You're not allowed to peek. You had to put your head down at your desk and then put your thumb up in the air, like a thumbs up, and lay it down. And then <laughs> the seven people would go around the class and they'd each pick one person. I think they'd each pick one person.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you, you know right? What? Yeah, go person, ahead, I'm sorry.
0: They'd pick one person and they'd push their thumb down. And they'd say, okay, so, you know, you'd have 20-some-odd kids being left out of the game, which is kind of bullshit. But, uh... No, 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 no. Been- no, you
1: would not have 20 games left. All right, no. You have seven people in the front of the room, and then you have right. seven people that they picked. That's 14. What did you have, 34 kids in your class? Sure. Oh, no, I never had that many. Sure, I had about that many in my class. Oh, I, I always in, had in, like 20, 25, 20 to 25.
0: Well, regardless, you'd have a, a bunch of kids left out. It doesn't matter. The point is there would be seven kids in front of the class, seven kids sitting down who had their thumbs pushed. And each kid who had their thumbs pushed would have to guess which one of the seven in front of the room did it. And if you guessed wrong, then you're still sitting in your seat. If you guessed correct, then you were allowed to replace that person in front of the room. And we love that game. Looking, thinking, just talking about it, it seems
1: like pretty fucking dumb, but we love it. I know, and it's funny you mention that because this is the most ironic and bizarre thing. Uh, the year that I was filling in uh, a teacher was on maternity leave and I took over her class fourth grade I had the kids play seven up on the last day of school nice so,
0: <laughs>
1: do they know how to play yeah it's still popular I'm glad it's still popular yeah yeah absolutely and they when I said they I wasn't sure if they'd know what it was you know I was kind of like right. taking a risk to see if that would still be popular and I was like all right we're gonna get to play seven up and they're like yeah and they all knew and they all knew how to play it <laughs> How? What is that? I mean, that was normally like a substitute teacher game. It was like the afternoon that you had a sub because they didn't want to really do anything. Right. I don't know how I, those kinds of things stick around in school. I don't know either. That's
0: the craziest thing I've ever fucking heard.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty wild. So, All right, so um, school's out for summer. Greatest feeling That's in the right. world when you're walking out of there for the last day. Oh, you know, I if guess. you're getting picked up or if you're taking the bus or whatever it is. Just to know that that load was lifted off your shoulders is just a, a magical thing. I even felt that in college. I can remember pulling out of the parking lot, um, heading home for the summer, feeling like, ugh, all my finals are done, thank God.
0: You know? Oh, man. I have two very memorable last days of school. Okay. Quite memorable. My last day of eighth grade, when I was graduating from that place, I wanted to get out of there so bad, and since 7th since grade one of our teachers had a countdown uh, you know it started with I guess however many school days how many school days are there in a year 180 180? 180 180 yep. right so it started with 360 school days to go we got that in 7th grade so for 2 years we were watching this fucking thing countdown from 360 I remember finally when it was down to like the 10s we were all just losing it <laughs> and I remember the last day it was zero it was so great and I just left, and I left. There were so many fucking dickheads in that school that I got to leave behind. I was so happy. <laughs> and then high school, uh, high school. I decided as a goof to go on the last day in drag. Oh my just god! Just as like a big, uh, just as a big joke, and I got suspended and sent home.
1: It sucked. On the last day, what are they suspending you for?
0: My last day, they suspended me because they thought that, you know, I was going to cause trouble and people were going to kick the shit out of me. Meanwhile, everyone thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. And everyone loved Wait, it. Wait, you, you're talking two- 12th? Not 12th. grade. Yeah, I'm talking senior year of high school. Oh, God. You were dressing in drag. Even the kids who were picking on me were like, oh, man, that's so fucking funny. And they thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Because I wasn't like... It wasn't like legit drag. It was completely way over the top drag. <laughs> that kind of thing, like like absolutely absurd drag. <laughs> and the funniest part is, I remember it was during lunch. I had the the. If I said I had the hour free, that means nothing to these people. But it was during lunch. I'll say, uh, and Mister Machete, that fat piece of shit, wasn't Machete, Fishetti. I don't know what the fuck that dickhead's name was he uh he like pointed at me he goes you come with me i went oh fuck here we go and i remember g- taking my yearbook and giving it to a friend and going make sure everyone signs this because i knew i wasn't coming back yeah and when i eventually got my yearbook back if you look at it now it's like half of the signatures are this is fucking bullshit how could they kick you out these guys are fucking assholes right. i'm so happy to be graduating from this place <laughs> it's great it's really great I can remember
1: uh, last day of school in high school, our, our buddy CDP had a hat that was like an umbrella hat, a mm-hmm. rainbow umbrella hat, um, sleeveless t-shirt with, like, all kinds of, like, it was, like, shredded. It was, like, rockers, like, the sleeves, like, the Rockers wore in the 80s. Right. And, um...
0: You don't say he wore something yeah. like that? No.
1: And he... <laughs> carried around a lawn chair with him from each classroom.
0: He ha- Was it uh what what else did he have with him? And a bottle of cherry coke. Well, I was going to was going to ask if he had other lawn chairs. No, no.
1: <laughs> no. He had one lawn chair and he used that as his seat in every classroom. And then uh God. he had one class with me and we were getting in getting ready to walk in and the teacher was standing outside and he goes, "You're not coming in here with that hat on." So he goes fine, and he just left. <laughs> it's the last day of school. What are you going to do to him, really? That's so, great. So, um, all right. So, the last day of school is great, and it declares that uh, school's out. Summer begins. Now, summer beginning. Um, as a kid, most most kids go to camp. I went to camp as a yeah. Little kid. I did not. You didn't ever have any kind of a camp, even like a local camp. <laughs>
0: Well, both my, of both my parents are teachers, so they had summers off, too. Yeah. So they, were, they could have looked, at, they looked after me, but, man, did that fucking suck, having your parents off for the summer. Really, really suck. So you didn't really
1: have any kind of freedom, huh?
0: No. You wonder why I'm so pissed <laughs> off and why I hate my mother so much. <laughs>
1: most, most years uh, growing up, I think from, like, age 7 through 12 or 13, I played baseball. Uh, I was in a league, summer league, here at the rec yeah. center, and I had a blast with that. Um,
0: Absolutely. I can remember... I loved my fucking baseball Yeah, that
1: was great. I remember one year, uh, my brother, who's eight years older than I am, was the coach, and we actually won the championship. There are like eight teams in the league, and we won. Wow. I think it was nine. Maybe it was eight. Eight or nine, something like that. And uh, the big memory there was after we won the championship, you know, which... In those days, you're a little kid, but it feels like you really accomplished something. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, because you deal. played the whole summer. you got to think of it in the context of that, that you played, I don't know, 20 games, 15, whatever the amount of games were, and you got through everything, and you had a playoff, and, you know, there was an all-star game, and the, and the, the championship game was at night under the lights. You know, it was like a big deal. Nice. And um, we won, and I remember that my brother then took us all out for pizza, which, you know, is also, like, the biggest thing in the world when you're a kid, that you went to go have a pizza dinner or lunch or whatever it was with all all your teammates, and you were celebrating a championship victory. So that was a really special memory.
0: Especially after uh, uh, th- they point to the sky and you look up above and a baseball falls into your glove. <laughs> what is that? Oh, jeez. That's, um... <laughs> a very, very, very famous Pizza Hut commercial that was at the beginning of the Ninja Turtles movie VHS. That's everyone knows it, and they play uh, "Right Field" by Peter Paul and Mary, which is like one of my all-time favorite fucking songs. And uh, it's just like you know, the scrubby kid plays right field because he sucks. And he makes the game-saving catch or whatever it was. And so then they're all happy, and they all go out to Pizza Hut after the game. All right. I hope
1: you have that on the YouTube playlist because I'd like to see it. Oh, it's,
0: uh, it will be there. Okay. There's not going to be much on the list this week, but that certainly will be. Okay. Because I think it's on YouTube as, like, Pizza Hut commercial from TMNT VHS.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: <laughs> it's really great.
1: Fantastic. Um, other uh, summer activities as a kid. You mentioned uh, general recreation here in our show notes Wiffle sure. ball?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Played a lot of wiffle ball. There were, uh, baseball. I mean, you know, I had my organized baseball, but then just with the kids from from the block and from around the block uh-huh. and whatnot, uh, it's depending on how many people we had. We played all sorts of sports in the summer, but if we only had, say, four, then we would play wiffle ball. And it was one of these things where the guy would pitch from across the street and, you know, you'd hit from the other side of the street, and if it was a grounder past both people on the other side, it was a single. If it landed on the grass on the other side, it was a double. If it hit the house, it was a home run, whatnot. And uh, if we had more than four people, uh, we had like six, seven, eight people, we would play in the street with a tennis ball and stuffed bats. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, is this uh, – did you used to do anything like this at all? Well,
1: I really – I mean, we did play wiffle ball, and we played it on the beach a lot. Because I live by the beach. Um, mm-hmm. But the games, like, and I, you know, we played kickball. We did, I did. I had a lot of neighbors um, to play with in those days. But my best friend and I used to play baseball with a tennis ball in mm-hmm. my backyard and in his backyard. And as with everything mm-hmm. with me, it was always revol- revolving around statistics. We always kept track of the games, <laughs> we yeah. kept score and I. And what we used to do, um, this was getting really technical, but what we would do is we would make our own team of nine players, and the players, instead of being like major league players, which we did sometimes occasionally, but what we did for the right. purposes of this is we took, we put ourselves and eight of our friends, and he was um, a couple years older than me, so mm-hmm. you know he would have the friends from his grade, I'd have the friends from my grade, and we. And you would do like their
0: batting stances? We would, like yes. Or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have nice. different
1: batting stances for each player and keep track of batting averages and home runs and all that stuff for each individual player, even though it was all by us.
0: <laughs> and I mean, this is. I did something very similar. Oh, that. did
1: you? Okay. And, but we had a blast with this. We did this for years and we kept track of all the mm-hmm. games. And we, that would be. Absolutely. That would be something like uh, on a sleepover, we would go out in the backyard. Sometimes we do like double header play two games then we'd come in and play video games you know Nintendo or whatever but like that mm-hmm. was always a really fun thing was, was to go out and play ball
0: in the backyard that was really great one of the uh one of the things from when we would play baseball in the street like legitimate voters would say alright this sewer is home plate the next sewer cap is second base whatnot. Mm-hmm. um what we would always do to we'd use whiffle ball bats, but then we would take wet newspaper and stuff the whiffle ball bats with as much wet newspaper as we could to make the bats heavy so that the ball would go farther. And then we'd like, you know, we'd tape the top with duct tape or whatnot. There was a kid who lived a couple blocks away. Uh James Brazen was his name. He one day, ha- brought a wiffle ball bat that weighed 10 times heavier than any wiffle ball bat we had ever made. And we just went, what the fuck did you do to this thing? Mm-hmm. He's like, I just stuffed a lot of paper in there. We're like, dude, there's no way. This thing is way too heavy for this to all be wet newspaper. He goes, no, really, I'm serious, it Okay. Is. So we're playing one day in the street. There's uh, I forget the family's name. They live down the block from us. Just had their house completely resided. All new siding. 100%. James is at the plate with his ridiculously heavy bat that almost no one used but him and maybe one other person because it was too heavy. Ball comes in. He takes a giant swing as hard as he can. When he does, outside of the end of the bat, a pipe comes flying out of it across the lawn on the side of the street to the neighbor's house with the new siding, breaks a little piece of siding. And I mean, this they had had the signing for all of maybe forty eight hours, and he had already broken it because he put a fucking pipe inside the wiffle ball bat and didn't tell anyone. Wow, and he and he kept that yeah. a
1: secret somehow.
0: He kept the pipe a secret, but once that happened, well, he was you know in trouble. I miss those days though. Something happened, like we'd play football on the street or something like that, and the football would ac- accidentally hit a car and the alarm would go off and we would all just go fucking run as fast as we could. <laughs> times. Stoop ball was another one. I don't know. Do you have stoops in Long Island? Nah, or is that a that's like, that's like a Queens only or New York City only. Pretty thing, much supposedly. Stoop ball was you take a little blue ball, like a handball and just rail it against the stoop as hard as you could, and you try to hit a point, because then he had distances from there. Like, if it went into the street, it was a home run. Mm. So you'd always try to hit the point to give it a nice launch on it. That was a lot of fun, too. We played Suicide. You know Suicide, right? Oh, Suicide, uh, sometimes also called asses up. Yes, like butts up
1: we called it here, but yes. Butts up. Yeah. <laughs> Suicide was you throw the ball against the wall and somebody's got to catch it. And if they drop the ball, then they got to run to the wall as fast as they can uh, be- before getting pegged. Well, you wouldn't know. You see here, you didn't get pegged. What happened was they had to – we had to throw the ball and hit the wall.
0: Be- oh, that's right. Before
1: you touched it. Now, if you didn't, you got an out. And I think it was three outs. And then right. you had to stand up against the wall and people would either – there were two options. There was either butts up, where you would stand facing the wall, and people would throw the ball at your ass, and the other one was called pat or your head. <laughs> well, no, we only aim for the behind. And what, what was it? we didn't we were vicious. What was the other one? Patty wax, we called it. Where they they would run. It was really like the gayest thing. People would crawl. Right. You would stand up in a line with your legs spread out, like t- like ten guys. Um, and then the guy who had to get his ass spanked would crawl unbe- in between everybody's legs while they spanked him.
0: Yep. And then weird. the real dickheads would close their legs right as soon as the guy was yes, in. Yes, and, and lock him in the there. six thousand Yeah, Spent 6,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. I never yeah. actually had to do that, fortunately. Um, in fact... I didn't unless I had to. I would always go up to the wall. But I, we were playing, we played other games too where we had, to, where like the only option was Paddywood. Well. I, re- I forget what the hell it came Oh, to.
1: no, we always played it, But I remember um, we also then we would create rules based on the way people would kind of rig the system. Um, they would do, I remember we established a rule no radiator shit or no radiator shit, depending on who was saying it. Um, because there was like a little, like, I guess radiator i don't even know what it was like with lines in the wall where we played at school and when you hit the ball off of that it took a weird carom that made it very hard for people to catch right i know so it was kind about. of like a bogus thing so we would say no radiator shit <laughs> like that was the rule <laughs> before playing the game and i used to love that's when i actually got my start as far as broadcasting in any form goes Calling the suicide games That was so That's awesome. So much fun Well I would play it of course You know Tep throws it off the wall really Caught by Jones You know Doing that <laughs> at age 8 um, That's great I just thought of something else Summer time wise in, dr- sure. in my driveway Another sport I used to play hockey uh, Sure We Played with friends we, You know but How did you play hockey In your driveway Shoot it against the garage door that's it. it was like no game. well, we played in the street if we had enough people right. to play, but uh just okay. playing with one friend or playing alone, I would go out with a little street hockey puck or a tennis ball or whatever and shoot it against the garage door and do you have skates? Uh, no, this would just be on sneakers, oh. okay and I can remember you know what we do all these kinds of, you know because also in baseball you'd always do you know bottom of the ninth. Last game, you know, the, the Game 7 of the World right, Series, right, right. bases loaded, whatever. Um, one thing that my friend uh, Jimmy and I did was we were, we were pretty big hockey fans. I would say this has to be 1988. That's my guess in the year. Okay. And we pretended that it was way into the future, okay? And I was Gordy Gretzky, the son of Wayne Gretzky, which he never had, but, you know, that was the joke. Um, and he was Jimmy LaFontaine, the son of Pat LaFontaine, who was on the Islanders <laughs> at the time. And Ugh. we were both in the NHL, and we were on the same team, and we were both, we had the same amount of career goals, and we had tied Wayne Gretzky's record. And we were <laughs> both uh, on the same team, mind you, trying to break Wayne Gretzky's record. first. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Who was going to be the first? Who was going to be the all-time leading goal scorer? Mm-hmm. So what we did was we scored a goal together. <laughs> we both.
0: How does that happen? We
1: both had the puck on our stick, like we were both touching the puck at the same time, and we shot the puck in together. So for the first time in the history of the NHL, they credited a goal to two people. <laughs> Two people simultaneously, so we both broke the, broke the record at the same time.
0: Did you each get an assist as well? Uh,
1: nope, it was unassisted, double goal. <laughs> <laughs> the goal only counted once in the game, but it counted twice statistically for our our records.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> I, was, um, I played a lot of hockey in the street with skates. I actually became a very good defender because I, I sucked. And, like, you know, I, I lived with a lot of mean kids, but uh, I was also not exactly a great child. I was a little fucking nugget, but, uh, I was always so bad that like, you know, if I went out on offense, I would fuck up whatever, you know, my team was doing. So I would always say, all right, Kev, hang back, play defense. Because that way I would just stay out of the way, basically. But in doing it for a number of years, I actually got quite good at defense and I would stay back there and I loved it. And, uh, I would also split some time playing goalie because we had pads and everything. Uh, I don't know how we got all this stuff. We had nets and pads. I think it was just a matter of collecting all the neighborhood kids getting together saying, I have this, I have that. But uh, I was responsible for the end of hockey on the street because there was one day I was in goal and I was just sitting around not paying attention. Suddenly I just lost my balance and fell backwards into the plastic net and broke the net in half. Ugh. And then from there on in, there was no more home. That's awful. That's awful. No, nah, it was all right, because those kids are dicks. Um,
1: I just remembered another thing I wanted to mention. Now, this is kind of tying into school and towards the end of school, but... Sure, sure, um, sure, whatever. I don't know if, if it was like this for you, but for us, tennis balls were the same thing as, like, $100 bills. Uh. When somebody brought in a tennis ball, it was awesome because that meant we could play suicide, we could play, you know, baseball, whatever, okay. have a catch. Right. And invariably, these tennis balls would wind up on the roof of the school because somebody right. would accidentally throw it too high or whatever, and they would always be lost. And that's why I think there was such a premium for tennis balls, is, you know, somebody got a package of those three tennis balls, was like, oh my God, that's awesome, we could play forever with this. Mm-hmm. And I can distinctly remember one time that the custodian had gone onto the roof to clear off all the tennis balls, right? Wow. And he had, like... At the time, it seemed like he had 50 tennis balls. It was like Hercules at the end of the sandlot. Yes, yes, when he's... Right, he, when he uncovers all those baseballs that had gone over the fence. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, and I can remember that he came inside with this gigantic bag of tennis balls that he had recovered from the roof and... All the kids, I was standing in line with all the kids. It was like the end of um it's like the end of the day. We were getting ready to go to the buses. And you know, I was there in awe of this with everybody. They were like, Oh my god, that's unbelievable. And he comes over to me, to me, I don't know why, I didn't really even know the guy. And he goes, Here you go. And he gave me like ten tennis balls. Jesus. And everybody was like, oh, my God! You know, like, this is incredible. <laughs> and I was ecstatic. I was like, all right, we're going to be playing all year long now, guys.
0: Don't worry about it. So right. um, oh, wow, that was pretty, uh, pretty fun. That reminds me of uh, a rule that we used to have with wiffle ball is, you know, we would use the wiffle ball until it was cracked and we couldn't use it anymore. But whenever we would get a new one, we would purposely have to, like, have practice innings. We weren't allowed to start an actual wiffle ball game for after using the ball for at least an hour <laughs> because the new balls were always so juiced that we would argue insanely over who got to hit first <laughs> because whoever whoever got to bat first would hit, like, three home runs in the first Right, inning. you're going to crush the ball in the beginning. The ball's juiced. Right, and then by the time... And they would knock the shit out of the ball and it would get all kind of scuffed up, and then it was already a little bit too scuffed by the time... The uh, home team got to the plate, and it was just a very unfair advantage. So we would fuck around for like an hour, unreal. And then we'd say, "Okay, the ball's broken in." Um, uh, okay. One other thing, quickly. This is going to lead into another summer uh, activity, recreational activity. But about sports, there's so one very specific memory I have of playing football. Football was something that you know we would play year round in the street. There's one specific day. I was a very young kid. We had this kid live down the block named Lewis. He was kind of a fucking idiot, and his mother was an even bigger one. And it was, I don't know, maybe 95 degrees outside. We were sweating, but, you know, we were playing whatever. We were saying, "Ah, eh, you know, we'll get a Slurpee after the game or something. And playing, 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 and then all of a sudden, Lewis's mom comes outside the door of her house and yells at us, and she goes, Louis, tell your friends that you can't play anymore. You have to come in. It's too hot outside. You need to go swimming in the pool. Tell your friends goodbye. And we all just oh. stood there, jaws on the floor, like, A, fuck you for not inviting us into your pool, dickhead. B, now we can't play the fucking game anymore. Awful. Wow. Awful memory. But swimming in pools. I know that you do not have a pool in your backyard. No. But did you know anyone who did? Uh,
1: later on, actually, when I was a camp counselor, uh, one of the older camp counselors had a pool. It was an above-ground pool, nothing special. But right. he had pool parties on Fridays, and oh, nice. that was awesome. I can remember. Uh, I'll get into this and then I'll pass it along to you. But uh, my first year as a camp counselor, I was 14 years old, and most most of the other counselors were like 17. Oh. So I was basically like freshman high school. They were senior in high school, and I. F- so you're basically walking around with a hard on most of <laughs> There was some of that with the uh, female. There, yeah, that's a story for another show. Um, but in any event, I also felt really shy and out of place. I'm not a shy guy, but I felt out of place because I was like a kid with all these adult counselors to me anyway. And uh, this one guy who was like a veteran counselor and had been doing it for years and everybody respected him and loved him. And he's a funny, nice guy. He came up to me like in the middle of my first day, didn't know me from Adam, you know, just came up to me, introduced himself was really nice. He's like, you know what? Um, on Friday, I'm actually going to have some of the counselors over. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a barbecue. I got a pool in the backyard. If you want to come by, it'd be great. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And um, we had a blast. I mean, that, that was every week. We made burgers and hot dogs, got in the pool. Some people had uh, alcoholic beverages as well in those days, which they probably I'm shouldn't sure have been doing. Um, uh, there were girls there. There was uh, some kissing of girls that I can remember. <laughs> And other <laughs> stuff that uh, I was involved in, but it was great. That stuff was fantastic. And uh, the pool—I cool. always wished I had my own because it always—it made like right. it made it just a regular day was like a holiday.
0: Right. Yeah. You're lucky you had one for every week. Yeah. We had uh, we had that kid Lewis who lived down the block, and you know, occasionally you meet other people and you hang out with them like for one summer because they have a pool, and for no other reason than that. But that brings up two distinct memories of awkwardness in regards to knowing someone with a pool. The first uh, being one of the all-time dick moves that uh, a human can do. Uh, let's just call it the Mike Damone move, I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> I did it one time very specifically because I knew that Lewis had invited Paulie, another kid who lived down the block from us, he invited Paulie into the pool, but he did not invite man. I said, this is bullshit. So, I... Is this the Paulie? Over hold on, house. hold on. Is this the Paulie who told Jim Neidhart to put his shirt on? Oh, yes. That is the Paulie that told Jim Neidhart to put his shirt back on <laughs> to make Sid Vicious laugh. That was great. But, uh... So, anyway, so Paulie and Lewis were in the pool, and I come walking over. Fuck Lewis, the dickhead who doesn't invite me. Go walking over... Ring his doorbell. You know he comes, shows up. There's me, bathing suit on, towel in hand. Going, hey, you want to hang out? <laughs> uh, sure. We're swimming. You want to come? Kind of basically. Oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? And then uh, other times, if we were like legitimately hanging out, it would be like, hey, come on, let's hang out at my house. And be like, oh, okay, great. This is great. He's have a pool. We're gonna go swimming. This is so awesome. And you know, you sit in the house and be like, they'd go, oh, so what do you want to do? I, I, I don't know what do you want to do? Oh, you want to play Nintendo? <sighs> okay, we'll play Nintendo. You play Nintendo for half hour staring at the pool wondering, "Oh fuck, is it going to rain? Is it going to rain no?" Don't worry. <laughs> I want to go in the pool. And then you know, after, you know, a half hour of fucking double dribble or whatever it is, like, "Uh, oh, what do you want to do now?" Uh, I don't know. want to go in the pool. Do you want to go in the pool? Yeah. All right, we can go in the pool. Always hate it. Yeah. All right,
1: so th- that's stuff you would do outdoors in the summer. Uh, but if it's really hot and you want to stay cool, you want to go inside and be in an air-conditioned room and be entertained, uh, what's better than going to see a summer blockbuster film? Of course. So, uh, you know, I'm going to mention one and then I'll pass it along to you. Sure. To me... My all-time favorite movie, Back to the Future, that's, like, the all-time great summer movie. And I can remember I was five years old, and we went to see it for my dad's birthday in 1985. Nice. And, uh, you know, that was the kind of, like, there would always be, like, one or two mega summer blockbuster movies. Like, every year for my birthday, if it was Dick Tracy or if it was... Oh. Um, Tracy was great. The Rocketeer, or oh, you know, man, or Ghostbusters 2 in 1989. It was like every year. There's like that one movie
0: I can remember going to see. I mean, do you have any specific memories of going to see the summer movie? Sure, the, the, probably the biggest one in memory. I have a few, but the one that always sticks out when someone mentions summer blockbuster, first thing I always think of is Jurassic Park.
1: Ah, oh, Jurassic Park.
0: Every time I was actually really pissed because I saw it on a sneak preview the night before it came out. And I was all excited What's that?
1: Where did you see it? Tell us about uh, that, that was, story
0: It was, it was just uh, It was at the you know, The Fresh Meadows uh, Cineplex Odeon Whatever it was called At the time In Queens mm-hmm. But it was just You know It was like Thursday night At 8 o'clock Or whatever it was They had one showing of it The night before And We got in And I was all excited The next day I was going to run around School all day bragging That haha, I saw Jurassic Park And none of you did but I got sick that night. Later on that night, I woke up in the middle of the night and threw up. So I said, all right, you're staying home. I was like, fuck. Like the one day I w- didn't want to stay home sick. Oh, well. But mm. uh, Terminator 2 is another huge summer blockbuster for me. Blockbuster movie, as well as Independence Day. That was a big one. Uh, the first time I saw Independence Day, I was with Crackerman. We sat front row, and I incited a rousing cheer from the audience. How? B- believe it or not, when uh, Bill Pullman decides he wants to nuke the aliens, I shouted out, Yeah! <laughs> and the whole crowd behind me started applauding. Awesome.
1: Absolutely <laughs> awesome. Remember Independence Day was referred to as ID4 for a yes, while? Yes, I do. Um, okay, so those are good, good memories. Um, and if you weren't actually going to physically go to the theater... To see a Blockbuster film, you could go to Blockbuster Video.
0: <laughs> wow, what a difference. Uh,
1: yeah, wow, what a difference. Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, I can remember, first, the, the local video store was Video Park, but uh, then... Uh, I had
0: Queen's Video. Queen's Video, okay. And Video Wizard, both within a year out of business, when Blockbuster yeah, once, opened.
1: Once Blockbuster came into town, that was it. I mean, there was mm-hmm. no, no competition, really. They had the greatest selection, so... I can remember going to Blockbuster, and you would go. Maybe you'd go on a Friday and be like, "All right, you're getting the weekend rental." You know, you pick one movie. This is it, or video game. Occasionally, you'd be like, "All right, mm-hmm. I'm going to get rental. my cousins in town. Uh, we got to get a video game for the weekend. We're going to get the Tiny Toons video game." <laughs> you know, so that that kind of a thing. Um,
0: you have any memories of that? Any movie re- movie rentals? Oh, sure. I have distinct memories because uh, Blockbuster was so close to uh, the, our middle school that myself and Crackerman and Mike G., let's call him, we would just go to Blockbuster every day after school and play the video games they had on display and usually get kicked out. Um, because of that, I remember me, we weren't really making friends with her, but we got developed a camaraderie with this girl who worked there. And... This was back when that Blockbuster video specifically had an employee favorites section. And on her shelf was like Clerks and Days and Confused and all these great movies. And I learned a lot about... Well, I, you know what? In my head, I want to say I learned a lot about movies from that shelf. But that's not true because I knew all those movies beforehand. And I learned uh, something else about those those shelves a little bit later on. When I went to work specifically at that Blockbuster video one summer. Great summer. Watched a shitload of bad movies. But uh, you normally don't see an employee favorite section in a, in a video store anymore, because at least in Blockbuster, what they would do is it would be like a contest. So whichever employee had the most movies rented from their section in a month got like a, a game or something stupid like that. Mm. So because of that, it wasn't legit. Because of that, that we had one person, we had the two people who won every month. One of them was that girl that I just mentioned who had, you know, Clerks and Dazed and Confused and all the movies that, like, the teenagers absolutely loved. And then there was another person who had Goodfellas and The Godfather and, like, you know, all the mafia movies that got rented all the time. So it, it wasn't so much which were their favorites. It was more of which ones are rented the most, and I'm going to fill my section with those so I win the contest every month. So they had to stop it.
1: Oh, you're the reason that they stopped the contest. Yeah. That sucks.
0: Yeah. But uh, was was working at Blockbuster, was that a good job? At the time, I hated it. But then the following summer when I worked at a CD store, let's call Coco Slap. Uh, well, wait, wait a minute, hold on. Why can't you call it the real name? Well, it was Coconuts, but I don't know. It's part of Transworld Entertainment, those fucks. All right. Uh, they also own like, F.Y.E. and The Wall and Square Circle back in the day and Record Town, all that shit. But uh, there was one specific store in the little mini mall that we go to. Uh, it's God, just like... Say, I can't say mini mall anymore without <laughs> laughing. <laughs> that could make the YouTube playlist two weeks in a row. It's uh, just like a mini mall. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Uh, the, there was a wall, The Wall, uh, CD store. That we thought, you know, we would hang out in because we were 15, 16 years old. Now, wait, would old. you say there was a The Wall? There was a The Wall, sure. <laughs> okay. I guess you could say that. But regardless, the following, the summer after I worked at Blockbuster, this is the point here, is that I worked at that CD store when it was known as Coconuts Music and Movies. And I realized how awesome Blockbuster was. Because mm. in Blockbuster, you could really just hang out and bullshit. And. You got five free rentals a week. And I would work nights, and I would wake up at 4 o'clock in the fucking afternoon. Uh, I'd roll out of bed, take a shower, walk to the Blockbuster video, which was maybe a 10-minute walk from where I lived, and work all day, get back at 1.30 in the morning, and just turn on whatever movie I brought home with me that night, and watch it, and then pass out at 4 o'clock. And then wake up the next day at four. At four in the afternoon, it was great. It was really, really great. That sounds
1: was, like that sounds like fun. But I can't believe you were working eight hour shifts. Oh
0: sure, yeah, I'd be working eight hour shifts, and it would it would suck. It That's depends. Sometimes you'd work a six hour shift, sometimes ten, sometimes eight. But when you were there, you just hated it. I mm-hmm. got plenty of stories, but that we could do a whole other show on awful work stories. Right. Well, we're just another talking another summer week. jobs. Yeah. Right. Best summer job ever was the bagel store. It was my first job I ever had. I was working all right, tell us store.
1: about that. What was the bagel store like? was.
0: It was, I'd show up at 1 o'clock, the boss would leave at 2. I'd stop working at 2 o'clock. But it, it wasn't because I was, like, bad. I would do almost all of my work in an hour, hour and a half. And then all I had to do after that was sweep and mop the store. Hmm. Except he would leave at 2 and I would sit around and wait to sweep and mop until 6.30 because I would have nothing else to do. So I would hang out, eat bagels, you know, drink soda, whatever the hell they had. And everyone, I, I had a good friendship with everyone who worked in the store. So we would just fuck around. And we're talking – I still couldn't believe this. I mean it was – I was 17 at the time and there was like a girl who worked up front and she was like 15. And the owners were leaving the store in our hands for like five hours. We would close up every night and – count the money and it's just two teenagers unbelievable that was but, your first job 17 uh that's not true it wasn't it was my first real job i had i also worked for the met as a coat check all oh, right special for special parties uh at shea stadium when i was a little bit younger that was when i checked keith hernandez's coat. And didn't realize it was fucking Keith Hernandez because he had shaved his mustache. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was so pissed that I didn't realize it.
1: Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best summer job I ever had was coaching baseball in the league that I had played in at, at a younger age. Um, when I started, first summer job was camp counselor. Then okay. after a couple years of that, I moved on to baseball coach. And I'll tell you my favorite memories of that was... Uh, the beginning of it actually each year the two years that I did it the first well first there's like a meeting where you hang out with you meet all the other coaches and I was friends with almost all of them so it was like an amazing thing that you were kind of in this fraternity of like baseball fans baseball players and nice. in general very good guys and we were all coaching baseball teams which is like an amazing thing at age you know 16 17 it was really cool right and the first
0: were the parents dicks I'm just curious because I know uh, it's become a huge problem
1: largely they uh, not too bad I mean I had a couple instances where I had to tell the parents to, like relax this is a a fucking all-star game <laughs> why what are you screaming about and it's a it's a little league all-star game dude <laughs> take it easy um, and then I, another time when somebody was hitting last I said you know he's not hitting last every game and somebody has to or something like that. Uh, right. But anyway, uh, my favorite part was actually the beginning because all uh, – three things. Okay. The first couple days I loved, it was just a clinic. And you would get the kids uh, for a couple hours and just kind of teaching them the basics of the game and see what type of player they were. And then it was your – all the coaches were responsible for rating them one, two, or three – on how good they were, um, you know, threes being the best, one being the weakest. And I really had fun, actually, with the really little kids who didn't know baseball at all, mm-hmm. like a six-year-old kid and getting to teach him, seeing him, you know, play for the first time and help him out. That was always fun. And also, I just enjoyed the whole uh, concept of evaluating talent as if you were, like, a talent scout, even though we're little kids. Still. Right. That was yeah, cool. Sure. Uh, then, the real fun part was after, I think, three days of this clinic, you had the draft. After the kids went home, all the coaches and the guy who ran the league, they'd order sandwiches, like deli sandwiches, and um, you'd all sit. It's Actually, they called it the Ranger Room, because uh, the Rangers hockey team used to practice in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, like, this was the room where the coaches or whatever would, would scout and uh, would, like, map out their plans or whatever. So they called it the Ranger Room. So they had, like, a big table in the Ranger Room. And the – say there are eight teams and there were two coaches per team. So it's, like, 16 coaches would all be around the table. And you'd sit with your coaching partner and you'd look at the list of talent and the ones, the twos, and threes and start to figure out what your draft strategy is going to be. Um. Okay. The first thing that you do is you pick the uniforms, which is, it's, to, it's a random draft. You know, it would go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and back and forth. Right. And the first thing, they picked it randomly out of a hat, and you would get, the first round was picking your uniform, uh, because they'd have like Mets, Twins, Yankees, oh, right, Red right, Sox. Right, right. Um, so you'd pick the team that you were going to be first. So then once all those teams were picked, um, then you picked the players. Mm-hmm. And this, I- I'm telling you, man, it was like, it felt for its time like it was like a real, like it was really important who you picked. <laughs> and it felt like you were part of something special. As each kid was drafted and you'd be like, oh, I don't know, can we pick him in this round? Will he still be around after the, th- after the fourth round? He's pretty good. This wow. guy's a good pitcher. Yeah, I and these mean. These are
0: eight year old kids you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it was eight year old kids. <laughs> well, we actually, to be clear, we had two leagues that we coached. First, there was the Pee Wee League, which was like six to nine, and then the junior league was 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you had two different levels one was T ball, one was pitching. But that was a blast. That was an absolute blast. And then the other part of the year that I always enjoyed as a counselor was. One day, uh, uh, each summer, we would go to Shea Stadium. Uh, this is, You know, as a kid, I always went with the camp. But then when I was the coach, you know, you're, you're the coach and you take all the kids and you ride onto those like coach buses to Shea Stadium. Midget Met Night. That's what it was called back then. It was Midget Met Night, right? We, well, we always did in the afternoons. Well, it was Midget Met Day, sorry. Okay. Yeah, and it would be like a day where all the camps were there. You're right. Do
0: you remember them calling it Midget Met? No. Yeah, that is what they That's that is what they called it. Then they had to change it to Future Mets. Future Mets? Okay, Eventually. right, because midget's a derogatory term. Right. But um,
1: one memory I have of when I was a coach, I went there, you know, I, I, I was totally cool before the game, as far as, like, taking the kids to get a pretzel, popcorn, program. Totally understood the program, because I always liked to have the program and keep score. So, um, you know, I was always, like, taking kids to get that kind of stuff. But yeah. once the once the game started... I did not want to be taking kids to the bathroom or to buy souvenirs and all this other
0: bullshit. And So what would happen if, say, in the top of the fourth inning, a kid nah. said, I need to go to the bathroom? All right, you know this already. I guess yeah, I told you this.
1: Right. So it's the top of the fourth inning. And I remember there was a girl counselor uh, one year. And she was sitting near me. And there was one of the kids who had to go to the bathroom. And it was the top of the fourth inning, say. And he's like, I really got to go. And I said, go with her. And she's like, I'm not going to take him. Will you take him? And I said, all right, I'll take you after the inning's over. And that, you know, everybody's like, okay, okay. So, you know, long half inning, but finally, top of the inning, top of the fourth is over, and now the Mets are about to come up to bat. And they're like, all right, take him. I said, no, 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 after the inning's over. <laughs> they're like, the inning's over. I said, no, it's still the fourth inning. I'm waiting for the fourth inning to be over before I take him to the bathroom. So she's like, oh, all right, I'll take him. So I basically, I was a, I was an obnoxious prick and refused to <laughs> refused to let anything interrupt my baseball watching. And, uh, you know, and that was fine because the kids liked to watch the game with me because I would tell them, you know, I would be able to tell them who was warming up in the bullpen and, right. you know, explain if they were asking, like, oh, why are they pinch hitting or why are they doing this? I would be able to actually, like, explain what was going on with the righty-lefty matchup or whatever. Right, because you so. could do that in a National League game. Of course. Not an American League game, though. That's no bullshit. <laughs> so, all right. right, uh, let's. I can't believe how long this show is. Jeez, Louise. I know. But, uh, you and I are like two old women. We sure are. We sure are. So, uh, <laughs> do you want to touch quickly on uh, vacations and then wrap it up from there? Uh, you
0: have... I mean, vacations, we spoke about I, I went to Disney a few times as a kid. We, we have already gone over that Okay. Uh, a couple shows back. Uh, I remember going to Cape Cod as well. A couple times, and you know what? Now that I think about it, too, I used to go to um. Oh fuck, uh, some coast town in Delaware. Well, we
1: always went to Delaware too. I can't believe you said that. We used to go to Wilmington in Delaware. It wasn't Wilmington. It
0: was fuck. I can't. I don't know the name of it. Okay. I can't remember the name of the town, but it was you know. Do you take the Cape May ferry down? Did you do that? No. Okay. Well, we would take the Cape May ferry down to Delaware. Go to this place. And it just sucked because I was alone. And at that point, I was like 14, 15 years old. So I was like really starting to get into girls. I had like a, a short curly hair. And, uh, oh, no, I didn't have glasses at that point. But I was still short curly hair. I was very awkward looking. I'm still awkward looking. But, uh, you know, it doesn't help being 14 and awkward and no experience. All these girls walking around thinking, you know, maybe I have a could have a, a, a vacation fling with one of these girls. No, of course not. So, I was always miserable in Delaware. Yeah. Um, but uh, Cape Cod, I remember going... There was one barn. There was a, a barn in Cape Cod. that There was an arcade inside the barn. I spent a lot of time there. That was fun. Do you do remember any feed? specific games there? Uh, One specific one. It wasn't a video game. It was uh, Feed Big Bertha. What is it that? It was one of those... It was just a little ticket thing. There was this like big fat woman... And with, like, you know, a wide mouth, and he would throw balls in her mouth, which is pretty fucking hilarious. And You pr- probably no wonder why you don't see it anymore. <laughs> but uh, you, you would throw balls in her mouth, and however, you know, they, it would count how many you got in. And then if you got 12 in, you got 12 tickets. Awesome. Like that. Yeah, That's it was really great. Kind of like Fat Princess, which is a game out now. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. Oh, it's for, like, uh, PlayStation or something. It's called Fat Princess. Okay. And it's like an obese girl that just eats food and gets fatter. <laughs> you gotta see Sounds this. Sounds like fun. Find it on YouTube. Fat Princess. I will. Um, I remember going to Hershey Park one year, but not Hershey Park, but um, uh, what do you call it? Hershey's, Hershey's Chocolate. Chocolate World. Yes, yes. They had a ride in there. C-
0: it's great. What's there? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. So sadly, I, I didn't get to experience that uh, a couple months ago when I was there. We. Spent too much time in the park ah. riding Storm Runner and Fahrenheit and Great Bear and Super Duper Looper and other fucking awesome rides. Huge thumbs up. Hershey Park gets a big plug from Ham City Kev. Uh
1: Other great summer vacations I can think of, aside from the usuals like Disney World. One, one summer, by the way, I stayed at the Contemporary it was awesome. So you could take the monorail, wow. went to the Magic Kingdom.
0: Right, because the monorail went through the Contemporary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can
1: remember that. I can remember, like, and I was getting older, I was probably like 14, and I can remember being able to, like, go on the monorail by myself. Yeah. You know, like, go to the park alone. And I can remember coming back at night after the parade, um, the Spectro Magic Parade, I think it was at that point. But uh, other great vacations. Went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Because huh. um, we had family there. there My brother lived out near there for a little while Huh. And uh, trips to Canada Went to Canada in 1992 And again in 97 So both years I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame The first year it was like really small It was like a tiny little place And then mm-hmm. by the time I went the second time Five years later it was huge And you've been there, right? Hockey Hall of Fame? Yeah, I have been how does that rank, because uh, I also went to Cooperstown one year for Baseball Hall of Fame, but how does uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame rank as far as, uh, like, compared to the other places you've gone, like the Baseball Hall of Fame?
0: It's different for me, because I lump in, when you go to Cooperstown, you go to Cooperstown. It's it's Cooperstown is a bullshit city. It's just all built around the Hall of Fame, and that's it. And, yes. You know, the Hall of Fame's fun and whatnot, but... Every store is the same. It's all memorabilia and all that shit. Uh, but Hockey Hall of Fame has the enormous advantage of being in Toronto. So, I mean, I, the, the one time I went to Toronto, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Really great city. Uh, in general, I like Canada. And especially I found out that Canadians in general, this is what I've been told from Canadians in the West, uh, Canadians in general hate Toronto because they think Torontonians or Torontoans, I don't know, San Diegans, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> uh they're they're hated in Canada. They're all douchebags. And that that's according to them. I personally didn't mind it, but that just reminds me of how people hate New York for no fucking reason, especially now that it's half filled with tourists anyway. There's barely any New Yorkers left, but that's a whole different topic. Um I went way off topic here. I apologize. Toronto is good. So, Hockey Hall of Fame, I liked. Uh, to me, it was interesting because, I mean, when you go to the Cooperstown, like, you spend all day in the Baseball Hall of Fame. But with Toronto, it was like, okay, we got two hours. Let's go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And then, okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how I remember it. Yeah, it was fun though. I liked seeing you know the cop and the consmith and look for Leech's name and shit like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Also in Toronto, you got to go to Second City, unbelievable comedy club.
0: I never, I didn't go there. When I was there, I went to see a Mets Blue Jays game. That's uh, cool.
1: That's really cool.
0: Right, and I went to go see Nine Inch Nails was playing there the same weekend. That was a great, great show. I went but to see
1: uh, uh, the Expos play in Montreal. Nice. That was cool. Yeah.
0: Did uh, you, you remember the old joke for seeing the Expos in Montreal? What? Guy calls up uh, Olympic Stadium and says, Hey, what time's the game start tonight? And they say, Well, what time can you get here?
1: <laughs> That's like a Steve Summers joke. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, anything else you want to touch on? I also see 4th of July on our notes.
0: Uh, the only memory is just being. Uh, we used to take the Wolfable Bats, and they were perfect bottle rocket launchers, because you know, the bottom had the tiny little hole. Yeah. Yeah. And after the 4th of July, there's this woman who lived down the block from us, Mrs. Key, that everyone hated. She's just this crusty old bag. Yeah. I just remember, specifically, some, my neighbor firing a bottle rocket right at her face. Probably Ooh. exploded five feet from her, and she just completely no-sold it. Didn't move at all. Nice. We were like, Whoa. Good for her. And then someone else walked over to her and said, When the fuck are you going to die, you bitch? Ooh! <laughs> That's nasty. That was great.
1: Wow. So, all right. I guess we're done, right? We're done? Sure. We're way
0: overdone. Okay. What's uh, what's next week? Next week I figured we would talk about... Uh uh, elementary school, being uh, it's the first of September, so we makes can get into more elementary school memories, or not, whatever you want to do No, 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 that makes perfect sense, we're going to roll right
1: into that we're going to talk elementary school we can do a little middle school, and perhaps some high school, Sure, uh, but it'll be school memories from when we were a kid when and we there, were kids. believe me,
0: there will definitely be more pop culture references next week than there was this week
1: Yeah, I would imagine so, but you know, you know, this was a nice little uh, change of pace as far as our shows yeah. go so I hope yeah. you enjoyed the hour, my friends. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Kev,
0: phenomenal job as always. Oh, wait, shit. Yeah. you got to announce last week's trivia winners. Oh, do you have those? You want me to go? Uh, yeah, I can go through it real fast. Okay, please do. Uh, AC and AC Slater stands for Albert Clifford. And congratulations to Pete, who got that one right. Uh, the one member, the short-lived cast member of Saved by the Bell, who is actually a tr- uh, an identical triplet in real life was the character of Tori and congratulations to Lorelei who got that one correct and Shauna was the one who knew that Cindy Lauper sang the theme song to Pee Wee's White House Home Run a lot of a lot of uh, female listeners to the show yes surprising isn't it
1: yeah I mean uh, we encourage you all to send us feedback uh, podcast at gordtep.com or just sign on to our website and leave a message there uh Really, i got to be honest, we're 12 shows into this now, and uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed by the feedback we've received. It's awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Continue to spread Absolutely. the word, please. Um, uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, as I say. It's the greatest show on the internet, and uh, we'll continue to improve. So feedback uh, or questions or comments, send it to com and uh, subscribe on iTunes or Zoom or whatever. Radar podcast with as many stars as the maximum is. What is it? Five stars? Four stars? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please do that and uh, tell everybody you know. So it's uh, 300 bucks damage, 300bucksdamage.com, com. all that good and stuff. And check
0: out the blogs that we have on gortep.com. Oh,
1: yeah. Give a plug to your blog this week, which was a uh, fucking home run, too.
0: The Allison Reynolds one. Sure. going to have one every week, every Wednesday. Underappreciated fictional characters awesome and uh, coming
1: up also we're going to be doing our top 15 movies of all time perhaps this week if i can get my shit together i just finished mine before the show all right then mine will be done tomorrow i'll do it this week all right so uh all right so that's it tune in next week for school memories uh for ham city kevin queens i'm gortep on long island saying have a good night I don't know how we did this. I didn't think we'd be able to fill out the hour.
0: I know. I didn't think we'd... Or a half I we'd hour. I did pushing half hour.
1: Right, right. I didn't think we'd get a half hour, and we're, we're over an hour.
0: There's a lot of shit I didn't talk about, including the, uh, the kid around the block who, you know, put an M80 in a pipe. What the and fuck? It, it, it is on the 4th of July, put an M80 in a pipe, didn't go off. So, of course, what does the idiot do? Picks up the pipe and puts, you know, peeks in the hole to see what's going on. <gasps> Blammo! Oh my God! Has an eye patch and a hook. Oh my yeah. God! fun. Good Fourth of July story. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's a shame we weren't able to tell. What him. happened to
1: him? What? He has an eye patch and a hook.
0: Yeah, because he blew off his hand. Were you there watching this? No, but I knew the kid. Oh my God! Saw the hook. Saw the eye patch.
1: Crazy. Oof! I was. G- uh, should I leave that at the end of the show now?
0: If you want, it's an ugly yeah, note to go out, out.
1: on. <laughs> Fuck it. All right, I'll, this is the end of the well, show. What can we go out on? Are you ready? No, that's the beginning. <laughs> all right, I patch and a hook on gordtep.com.
0: Do you think it costs three hundred bucks damage to the uh, three hundred bucks damage to his hand and his eye? <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow,
1: that's gruesome.
0: All There's right. got to be something good better we can go out on, right?
1: No, we can leave that. That's fine. I'll
0: stop it here.